You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kasherman, and this is our latest Tribe Talk. That's not the name of this podcast, though, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to bring in Jordan Bastian. Uh, I always say Tribe Talk, but it's not called Tribe Talk. It just is our latest talk about the tribe. So it wasn't right. no, no capitalization there. Just It's a Tribe Talk. Uh, I, thought it was the, Indian, I thought it was the podcast event. It's the podcast. I like that a lot. That is not exactly, uh, you know, picked up steam on social media or anything, but maybe someday. Um, all right, so let's talk about the first place Indians. First of all, give me the latest on Michael Brantley. Obviously, uh, a big X factor for them here in the second half. Yeah, Michael Brantley moved his rehab up to Double A Akron. Um, continues to make good progress. You know, as we've discussed a few times, you know, on the recent podcast, the optimism continues to be pretty genuine and getting close to doing back-to-back games. In fact, by the time some people are reading this, he might be in the process of doing back-to-back games. And really that's going to be um, the next step. And then maybe after that, trying to get him into, you know, three in a row at the minor league level. You know, I think what they want to do, as we've mentioned kind of a few times, is, you know, make sure that when he comes back, he's ready to handle pretty much an everyday load. They don't want to get into that same situation like they were earlier this year where it was a lot of starting and stopping and, you know, kind of still managing his playing time. I think they want to be a little more certain that he's capable of being the everyday guy that they need out there before they bring him back up. So I think you're going to see the the minor league rehab assignment, you know, continue on until, you know, they're fully confident that he can come up and play every day and not need days off necessarily worked in intermittently. Yeah, and they're in a better position than they were the first time around. Obviously, uh, we're late, right. later in the year, in the second half, they've got a, um, not to the point of comfort, but they've got a nice lead in the division, so they can certainly uh, uh, get Brantley back to, to full speed before they actually uh, have him infiltrate the major league roster. But obviously, Brantley's looming return uh, has a big impact on this club when it comes to the trade deadline, and it seems like the conversation has certainly shifted from the conversation we were having for months about outfield help uh, and what they might do there to uh, probably the more glaring need is in the bullpen, uh, certainly on the left-hand side. Um, Tell me what you're hearing about the deadline at this moment. We're still a couple weeks away, but uh, Indians obviously uh, in a position with their farm system and in the deep relief market to do something there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think they have the ability, especially what they are in the standings, where if they want to, Add on a player that is making some salary, you know, as long as it's nothing just you know, exorbitant, they're going to be able to to take it on. And I think the preference remains to target guys that are under control beyond just the remainder of the season. You know, I don't think they want to necessarily look at uh, pure rental type guys. And obviously, the biggest name that could potentially be on the market is Andrew Miller. And I would imagine the Indians, you know, kind of keep their toes in the water there as they get towards the deadline. If the Yankees reach that point where you know, they want to potentially, you know, sell some of those guys that they have, depending on where they are on the standing. So I think that would be a name. Um, if you think of someone like uh, Will Smith, you know, another lefty, 
you know, that's a guy that would also probably be on the radar given where he is, you know, salary-wise and controllability-wise. So I do think bullpen is going to be the big need. We've seen kind of a revolving door with left-handed relief. You know, Brian Shaw in the setup role has had some sporadic lapses, but overall has still been pretty solid this year. And Cody Allen is the closer, and I don't think they're looking to sort of replace him at the back end. So I think you're looking more at like a left-handed type setup guy that could help out. Um, so I think that's going to, like I said, continue to be the need. And if they do want to address a bat, um, they've got to weigh that against the fact that Brantley could be coming back here. So trying to find a way to fit another bat in. And you might be looking at third base, though, that's probably where Jose Ramirez would slide if Michael Brantley does come back and is healthy and able to perform. And, um, you know, catching now is obviously kind of glaring with Jan Gomes out. It was glaring when Jan Gomes was in there, I mean, given his offensive production. But they have Roberto Perez coming back, who the Indians feel could be a starting catcher for many teams. You know, he just happened to be behind Gomes on the depth chart. They like Perez. They like Chris Jimenez and what he's brought to the team, both in the clubhouse and kind of pairing with Trevor Bauer as his personal catcher. So, you know, they're going to kind of have to weigh all that, too. If they look to add a catcher, you know, do they really want to disrupt what they have in place and what's working with the pitching staff, which is really doing the heavy lifting here. So that's kind of the landscape as we head into the, the couple of weeks heading up to that deadline. Yeah, that all makes sense. And uh, as far as the catching is concerned, obviously, you know, Jonathan Lucroy of uh, the Brewers is a big name in this market, but it's tough. Uh, and he's under very reasonable contractual control for next year. And that's a place where the Indians could conceivably upgrade their offense, but you know, mid-season, especially for a club built around its pitching, that's a big change to make uh, mid-year. And you're right, the, the pitchers like working with Jimenez and um, and Perez in the past. So we'll see uh, what he can deliver coming off the DL, uh, coming up to the big club. Um, so you mentioned earlier, Shaw, and, and one thing uh, Terry Francona got criticized earlier in the year was, you know, continually sticking with Shaw in those high-leverage spots. And um, lately that, that confidence in Shaw has been rewarded. So the new criticism, JB, is at first base where uh, occasionally Carlos Santana uh, sees the light of day and uh, obviously made a couple of defensive gaffes over the weekend in Minnesota. But uh, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway so that everyone else can hear the answer. Why does Carlos Santana see any time at first base? Uh, because when Mike Napoli needs a day at DH, somebody's got to play the position. Um, I think Mike, <laughs> Funny Na- how that Mike Napoli... Yeah, Mike Napoli is the superior first baseman. The Indians knew that when they signed him. They also knew he's missed lots of time with injury over the last few years, and he's basically, when he has been healthy, been used as a platoon player. So he's in a situation where not only is he being asked to handle a full season workload, he's being asked to do it as an everyday player, and he's done it well. You know, he's seen a ton of pitches. He's hitting home runs. He's found a home as the cleanup hitter you know, and given a little more flexibility for them to move Santana in and out of the leadoff spot. You know, so Mike Napoli's brought a lot to this team, but as we get into the second half, he's going to be entering into sort of workload and at bat territory that he hasn't had uh, in a while. So they want to guard against that and keep his legs fresh. And, you know, there were times earlier this year where Santana was playing first more often in a week or two stretch than Napoli was, and it was because Napoli was, uh, you know, feeling it a little bit as a leg. So Francona needs to mix and match with that spot 
to keep Napoli as fresh as it can, especially when you're not only planning for the rest of July or August or September. When you're starting to map things out, looking ahead to potentially having the workload carry into October, you know, that's why you're going to see him DH here and there. And that's why you're going to see Santana in the field. And, you know, it's, yeah, there's been, you know, laps here and there, but I think what those two are bringing as a duo offensively over the long course of a season is going to outweigh, you know, one or two bad games here and there for Santana on defense. Uh, you mentioned Gomes going down with the injury, and that, of course, happened shortly after the Joe Boo uh, ceremony, <laughs> which uh, yeah. made the rounds on uh, on Twitter or whatnot. So it just seems like that ceremony did not take. And it just not one more thing to go wrong in, in Jan Gomes' season. Jeez. Yeah, we were when we were talking to Jimenez after Jan Gomes was injured, he just kind of was like, you know, not only could the guy catch a break, but I mean, just you could sense just how genuinely they felt for Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes is, I mean, as much as fans see the batting line, you know, and kind of cringe, and you know, maybe people wanted him not to be the starting catcher, um, or, or the Indians to acquire a catcher. He's very much a part of the fiber of that clubhouse in terms of that leadership core, in terms of leading by example. Um, and so, yeah, that ceremony and the sacrificial ritual was pretty silly, uh, but it was his teammates kind of showing how much they have the bat, the, his back. And it was also kind of a very big example of how key Jan Gomes is to that team and to that group of players and, you know, what they think of him. So, I think it was kind of a. It was funny. It, it was fun to watch, and then it was pretty unfortunate. Um, Jimenez said they may have to take all the stuff back to Target uh, and tell him it's cursed. You know, just throw it away. <laughs> I mean, Jan Gomes was the guy that was on deck when the two-hour rain delay struck in the eleventh inning the day before he got hurt. So it was like it was. It's Murphy's law. Just what can go wrong has gone wrong to the nth degree for this guy. And, you know, hopefully for the Indians' sake, the shoulder thing is not too serious and he can come back and, you know, kind of just wipe the slate clean on, on what's happened to this point this season because he's got a silver slugger in his trophy case, so it's in there. You know, we've all seen it. Um, you know, and he runs the pitching staff well. So hopefully for his sake, he can kind of just forget about this and, and maybe the Indians can kind of put the voodoo capes away for a while. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with Danny Salazar at the All-Star game last week, and he was pretty adamant that the elbow was fine, uh, the discomfort that, that gave him this extra rest and, and, and forced him uh, to you know, opt out of participating in the All-Star game is, is not a big deal. Um, but obviously something to monitor and, and, and keep track of, uh, keep tabs on here in the second half. Yeah, I mean, he did get pushed back one start in June, a little more than a month ago. That kind of shows you there was already an issue. That it wasn't totally a concocted issue just to have him not pitch in the All Star game. You know, right. there, there were lingering issues with his arm, but I don't think it's a level of concern. I think this is kind of twofold. This is a, as I mentioned a minute ago, they're not only planning for the end of September; they're hoping that to get into October. They're in first place. They're in great position, and Salazar is going to be a huge part of the Indian success if if they're going to get to where they want to be. So they got to kind of protect his arm. And it's also kind of a know thyself thing. Um, and even when we talked to Salazar, when he came back from the all-star game, he said that he agreed with the Indians that, you know, if he got on that stage in front of those people, in front of all those stars with that arm that he has, 
he knows he probably would have tried to go out there and throw as hard as he could, light up the radar gun, and show everybody, you know, the the talented arm that he possesses. And you know, in the middle of a playoff run potentially for the Indians, for a guy who's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, you know, maybe for your first All Star experience, it's better just to kind of soak it all in and not risk doing something stupid. Um, so I think he said he agreed. You know, I think he understands what the Indians kind of were trying to do here. But, yeah, he's he should be fine and good to go to start the second half. All right, there you have it. The latest from Jordan Bastian here on our latest uh, Tribe Talk, Podcastro, MLB.com, Extras, all those things. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank him for joining us. We'll catch you next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.